welcome to another edition of Football Bloody Hell. On the show tonight we've got Ricky Hyatt, Ian Welsh, Tom Bailey, Dave Hilda Pryor, and me. So sit back, enjoy, have a cup of tea or a gin and tonic, and let's have a little football banter. Well, good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday evening, and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And I am delighted, delighted to say that my guests this evening start with that voice that you've already heard, as always, is Mr. A.D. Hopper. A.D., good evening. Evening, Dave. How are you? I am exceptionally well today. Mm -hmm. International break is over, and I'm sure you are absolutely ecstatic about that, Mr. Hopper. I certainly am. Let's get back some sensible bloody football. Oh, who do I go with next? Now you've said sensible bloody football. Let's go with Mr. Tom Bailey, who joins us. How are you doing, Tom? I don't like that I'm being assumed as sensible. I don't know if it's a compliment or not. Just for the listener, what shirt is that that you're sporting this evening? Uh, it is CD Tondela of uh, the second Portuguese division, uh, formerly of of the first. They got relegated when I bought this, though. So, Wow. Just yeah. wow. Staggering. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed and also slightly jealous because I, other than Steve Russer, I think of the Three Valleys Parish, I've always seen myself as as the football geek. But I don't think that um, I have anything on you, pal. So uh, I only own. I think it you're in a league of your own there. Former manager has uh, done it again. It's the reason I own it. Very tight fitting, I'll say. Very tight under the armpits. But oh, that's something I can relate to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Ian Welch joins us this evening. How are you doing, Ian? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Dave. Are you all right? Yeah. You, you actually do own a very, fair amount of football shirts, you know. I you do. You know how far we go back. I do. I haven't, um, I haven't busted one out for a while. It's certainly not whilst doing this podcast. So maybe I'll have to. Tom will have to compete every time mm. we record this. Not that the it's going to help the listener because they're not going to have any idea. Anyway, the word busting day is not great, is it? (laughs) (laughs) And completing the set this evening, of course, the one, the only Mr. Ricky Hyatt's here. How are you doing, Rick? I'm I'm a tad concerned that you've done that in order of sensibleness. (laughs) Well, the listener wouldn't have that anywhere, any other way by having uh, your good self um, bringing up the rear there, shall we say? I'm sure that's true. (laughs) They've really turned off by now. As I've just mentioned, international break is over. Fear not, gentlemen. Of course, we had Mr. Hellier on on Monday and we were able to have a a really good chat with him about how things are going and how he's found the season so far. So if you do want to catch that and you haven't caught up with it yet, then you can get it on the podcast section of our website and wherever you get your podcasts. And nearly 600 um, people listen to it as well. So far. There you so go. Far, yeah. Excellent. Could, um, could people actually keep downloading that? Because I look forward to Adrian texting me every 10 minutes to tell me that the number's gone up. 
<laughs> I will if you want, my son. I will if you want. Well, before, before we get started, Aidy, while we're doing some admin for the listeners, um, I see that um, Free Valleys have announced earlier today that uh, we have a new European show coming up. Are you able to just give the yeah. listeners a little bit of a flavour about what that might entail and how they can get it? Yeah, well, first of all, it's it's on the podcast uh, section of the website. Secondly, it's under Yeovil only because I'm waiting for my website man to give us a a general football heading to put it under rather than Yeovil Town, but that's where you'll find it. Uh, we have a new gentleman called Harrison Crittle who has done the show and basically it covers the Champions League, the Europa League and the Europa Conference. And uh, he's going to do that uh, you know, every other week. I think we're going to do it because there's not European games every single week, I don't think. And uh, yeah, he's done the first one and uh, it's very good, I think. Somebody to potentially rival your knowledge there, Tom Bailey. <laughs> I'm not going to put myself on that pedestal. I'll uh, I'll let him take the title and I'll see if I can take it back. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice that he's included you three with the Euro, Europa Conference League. There. Yeah. Well, I thought we'd better just you know. Yeah. We, we don't want to. Hey. Rub it hey, in, we we we, we haven't, really we haven't dipped out to Conference League just yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there in February. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all the, the admin dealt with, so let's go straight into it then, because on Wednesday we, of course, do the previews. There is some other football stories that I do want to get in before we preview the Premier League, but we will start, of course, uh, with Yeovil, as always, because they have a gap in the calendar, and by that I mean it's FA Cup action for Yeovil Town this weekend. Stoneham will be the visitors. Um, Ian, I'm going to start with you, purely because... You're going to be there, and from an off-the-field perspective, can the fans expect any differences with this being a, a cup game against lower lower opposition, or will it still very much be business as usual as far as the match day experience goes? Uh, no, very much business as usual. We don't we don't tend to change schedules unless there's a very very big team, in which case the safety briefing is humongous. But I can't imagine Stoneham were going to take that many, bring that many. So I, it will be very much as as it was. And um, I think they're probably going to have a live band as well. Even though I'm not sure yet because only the two stands are open. But the um, yeah, it's very much business as usual. Um, got some cool graphics to try out. We'll just do a bit of trial and error really, and see how it goes. But no, other than that, the what was it the Thatchers and the Bamford stand are open, so that that will be a bit different. Only half of the stadium, but it is what it is. Does that, does, that mean, still be there. does that mean the drum will be out of action this weekend? As it's as it will be positioned in the uh, um, Thatchers Gold stand, are they going to have to move it? Uh, no, I think that one's open. I think the Thatchers and Bamford's open. Oh, it's just so uh, okay. It's just the bit where you guys are literally going to be on your own in the commentary position, basically. <laughs> it's just going to be you guys. Awesome, quiet, Rick. Yeah, there you go. The well, drummer boy. I thought thought the drummer boy was great, by the way. I really, had, I listened to the pod where Martin was on, and it really, he really was good. Yeah, I think we they were there and enjoyed Sorry. it. Sorry, Tom. Go on. 
I think they've organised this much better than last year's as well, because last year, if I remember correctly, they only had the Screwfix stand and the, well, now yeah. Bamford stand open. They didn't have the Thatchers open at all. Which yeah, felt... that's why I thought it might be the same again, because felt... normally it was the two behind the goals that they don't have. Don't yeah, have no. yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, this time they've got Thatchers and Bamfords, which to me, for some reason, just feels right. It feels better. So, um... If you're going to yeah. cut down on down on stance and surely you keep the noisiest one there that's yeah so just, that's what i would have said yeah it's going to be weird from an announcing point of view let me tell you that <laughs> there will be no one in the corners but yeah it's um it's a good chance dave actually we we need to really kick on in the fa cup i feel i feel like a big team's due in somerset yeah we spoke to martin about that on monday and um Thorpe asked him the question about what sort of the briefing is with the FA Cup and AD mentioned the point about why not be be giant killers again. But obviously with Yeovil finding themselves where they are at the moment, Ian, they're going to have to do it the hard way to get themselves anywhere near, you know, the first round. Yeah, get get through to this one and there's another one, what, in a couple of Saturdays time. Mm. So the, the schedule all of a sudden gets very, very big. What <clears throat> What is this one? Is it the fourth qualifying round or...? Second. Second, Second yeah. All oh, right. So the the first qualifying round is the last weekend of September, if I'm right. And that again could potentially be another home game. The home the home games that we've had have been quite right. sensational on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I actually have the schedule up here. So obviously we've got the second qualifying round sixteenth September, then we in two weeks we've got it on the thirtieth of September, the third qualifying round, and then the fourth qualifying round is the 14th of October, so another two weeks, and that's when National League teams come in. The big boys. You remember yeah. that. Well, I suppose from a financial point of view, I mean, if we have a few, two or three extra games, I mean, you know, and we get a reasonable crowd, why not? As long as we win them. Yep. You can't take anything for granted, though, because this will impress you um, non-league nerdy types. Because I'm on CoComs on Saturday, I've done a bit of research, and Stone are actually unbeaten so far this season. They start really well. Yeah, they're in really yeah. good form. Yeah, so, you've like, done well, Rich. Don't go catching, counting your chickens for that one. What did you say you've done? You've done some research. I've done some research. Yeah. Oh, Dave, do you... dear me. I know. I know. Getting I know. A bit now. <laughs> God, wait till the big boys get in. I don't know what you'll be doing then. Well, I know. Everyone will be fighting then. We've got to get past unbeaten Stoneham first, though. <laughs> AFC stone and don't forget the AFC part. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Tom, from a Yeovil perspective, um, obviously different times. I think it was, was it last year, year before? It was a year before, wasn't it? When um, they played Needham Market and Needham Market turned up and um, made Yeovil feel very red-faced as they came to Hewish Park and, and got the win. So Yeovil only need to look at that game in particular to to say that they can't really afford to take the foot off the gas here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say that. I wasn't actually aware that had happened. Um, so yeah, they have got a prime example of what not to do. Um, and even from even if you didn't have that, you've got last year's where Taunton were a division below us, and we looked very rough mm-hmm. in both games. Um, I don't think they do replays at this point anymore do they they just go straight to penalties am i getting myself confused there yeah no you're right 
You're yeah. right. So at least we, we ask ourselves that question every single time yeah. we get to about this stage. <laughs> Did he replace? No. Um, yeah, it'll be good to not have to worry about going there in a replay for another fixture. Um, and hopefully we can just put it to bed, get some of the um, the lesser used players. I'd like to see Will Dawes play. Um, he, I thought he looked really good in preseason. So unless there is a, a reason he's mm. not playing, I'd like to see him on the pitch. Do you want to do you want to like... do you want to quickly touch on the new signing, Tom? Because I know it's a player you know well. Oh, Tom's very I'm so, I'm so excited about this. I thought I'd I'm set only, you up there. I'm only excited about this because I've used him before in Football Manager. But Michael Smith is is an incredible signing for this level. I mean, the amount of experience he's got and the the fact that he was playing top flight Scottish football last year and has now joined us and he's still fit and he's still ready to go and the experience he brings is just ridiculous there's there's I don't know how we've signed him but um I'm really excited to see him fill in at either right well I think he can do right back center back and I think he can do defensive midfield as well so we've got options everywhere across sort of the, the back line he could probably even do left back at this level as well to be fair um, but yeah, I'm super excited to see if he plays on Saturday, and if not, hopefully he plays on the on the. Saturday not only next that, week. not only that, Tom as well. But if he if he's able to play on plastic pitches for one thing this yeah. season, then it will be um you know a shoe in to come in for when you know certainly the likes of Josh obviously won't be able to 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 make the starting eleven. Yeah, I wonder if he'd be up there as a captaincy candidate as well. Obviously, Worthington is the obvious vice captain choice, but I'm sure he would be up there as a as a leader as well so he's a brilliant brilliant signing he brings everything we could possibly need um in a player so i think maybe one more player i'd be really happy with how the squad looks now because the midfields ours has convinced me i wasn't convinced by his last spell but he's been brilliant so far this year when he has played so um i think yeah one more defender and i'd be really happy with how we're looking now so you can, of course, catch that on Three Valleys Radio on Saturday afternoon, where uh, Mr. Tom Bailey and Ricky Hyatt will be paired together for that one with Rick's research. So look out for Rick's I've research peaked. this weekend. That's the trouble I've peaked. <laughs> I, have, I have no more. We'll swap it I'm over. He can do mains. Do mains. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> as we always do on a Wednesday, we all, uh, we've started to preview the upcoming games uh over the weekend in the premier league though i do want to touch on a couple of stories that have come up over the last couple of days um rick england it was a creditable point against ukraine from a qualifying perspective and then on the centenary game against scotland always good to come out with a win team selection has been another talking point with Gareth Southgate over the last, well, pretty much since the end of the Premier League stopped into this international break. So uh, where do you stand on it? And I'm including, including, to give you a couple of names, a certain Jordan Henderson and Mr. Harry Maguire. Um, I think everybody is aware of my feelings on the king of the rainbow laces the further away he is from the england squad uh the better so uh the difference in the two performances i know it's not solely down to the fact that that 
um, Jordan didn't play against Scotland, but they looked just so much better, so much more energy and, and better for not having him there. Um, and Harry Maguire, I think, is uh, it doesn't matter what that bloke does at the moment, it's going to go wrong for him, isn't it? So he, he looks so nervous, he looks so shaky. You'd be doing him a favour by not, not including do you think, him. Do you, think, do you think Gareth sees that? Like, because... Gareth's not stupid. He's an intelligent bloke. He'll know what Gareth, um, he'll know what Harry's been through. Do you think he still, in his mind, sees exactly the same Harry Maguire as what walked through the World Cup squad in 2018? Do you think it's literally like that on a personal I level? I think he still thinks that play is there. And by playing him, he's doing him a favour. But he's actually being cruel now. And when he comes out and says, you know, about criticises the media and, and fans for giving Harry Maguire a hard time then just take him out of the spotlight. You're not going to do him any favours because every single time he touches the ball, it's it's almost cruel watching him play now. So I, I just think he could do for his own sake. Well, one of the counter-arguments, Rick, wasn't it? That, um, oh, well, he has to kind of, particularly with Maguire, he has to start because or, or play because, um, or be in the squad rather because who else is there? But Gay and Dunk look pretty, pretty nice yeah. in there, I thought. Well, and... Dunk in particular, because I know there's a lot of talk about his age. Do you bring him in now? But why not start to bring him now and just say, okay, if you've got one tournament, let it be the Euros and 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 be our starting defender. Because there's every chance that he could do that if Gareth wants to go down that avenue. He didn't look out of place at all. And he's playing in a Brighton team that are in outstanding form at the moment. So if you're not, if you're not going to play him now, you're never going to. You're never going to play him, and he's he's in great form, and he's used to winning. And I think he looked he looked really good against uh, against the Scots in that in their cup final. A touch of Arsenal about uh, the Scots before the game, but there you go. Tom, in terms of the qualification situation, um, a point. All right, some people will obviously pick holes in that, but in the grand scheme of things, the qualification and where the other teams find themselves in the group, I think England can be relatively happy with their work, really. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, the fact that Italy, the fact that we beat Italy in the first match, really does a lot for Set us. Set the tone, of... then, didn't it? It does, yeah. And I think Italy, from what I remember, they've struggled a little bit as well. They're just picking it up, and they got a big win over um, Ukraine yesterday. Yep, just getting it up. Um, yeah, I think England are pretty much sorted, which will uh, take a lot of stress out of Southgate's role and uh, and everyone else watching because otherwise we've got to watch us go through a playoff and God knows what would happen if we did that. It will be really lovely if Italy ended up missing out on the playoffs again. It would be wonderful, absolutely wonderful. Downside, though, is that they can't play Macedonia because they're in our group, who could still qualify. They're all drawn on seven points at the moment, but Italy do have a game in hand. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that one, but... Yeah, England are doing very well and they should be safe and sound. I'd be very, very surprised if they didn't get through. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. And the other big story on the continent that I did want to talk about, AD, I know international football is not your bag, but it's always nice to see a German manager being sacked for the very, very first time um, as a national team coach. I mean, that's quite a stat. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't realise it was the very first time it had happened, but uh just goes to show, doesn't it? I think there's probably a few people in there who quickly resigned before they were pushed, possibly, within that time. But still, 
the, mm. the stat still there. Yeah, so poor Rudy Voller's got the job for the time being, hasn't he? Which uh, uh, a well-known name, but whether he's going to be any good as a manager, time will tell, won't it? And uh, was this Julian? What's his name? Rick? Uh, Nagelsmann. Yeah, he's he's in, yeah. he's sniffing around as well, isn't he? Apparently. So um, yeah, interesting though. Interesting, but quite honestly, do I give a damn? No. Just funny, isn't it? I think you know seeing Germany in kind of disarray, similar to Italy, but probably worse at the moment. Seeing two big teams like that that are really struggling uh, to find their way. The other story I wanted to touch on just before we bring in the preview is that um, Ian, I'll throw it over to you because I don't know if you've seen, but we were waiting for the FA to make a decision on Nottingham Forest player Toffolo about these betting breaches that he's. Um, mm. Well, these patterns that have been breached, similar to what happened with Ivan Tony. But what is most eye-catching out of the story is that his five-month ban is suspended. Do we see any kind of hypocrisy, if that's the right word, considering what's happened to mm. him with what's happened with Ivan Tony? Are you surprised at this? Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised, Dave. I don't know. I don't know what they're playing at the FA. Really, I just don't understand it. I don't get it. it. It should be one rule for all, no rule at all. It's clear that, that it's clear that he's done something because the patterns are already already showing. And um, yeah, it's just not great from the FA. It's not great from a PR point of view for them. Just when things were getting a little bit tricky again. I don't know if you also saw Dave. This is a really random one, but I don't know if you saw Scumfork's game at the weekend. Did you see that? Oh it yes, got, this is incredible. Did you see it got postponed? In the 90th minute. And they have, then the National League have decided that they have to replay the whole game. That, yeah. is, that is another example of <laughs> just a mad rule. There was five minutes out of time and it got... Yeah. Um, Buxton were 2-0 up. Uh, sorry, 2-1 right. up at Scunthorpe. And then they had a huge downpour in the 90-whatever minute it was. Yeah. The referee suspended the match and now they're being forced to replay the entire game. The whole game. <laughs> the mind it's like they want it's like they want Scunthorpe to go up isn't it <laughs> oh I know it's just incredible isn't it and just shows, goes to show what what happens at, at this level but the the well, last point on the betting story Rick if, if, hmm. do, you, do you see that there's a hypocrisy here or is there a clear difference as far as you can see in the two stories between uh, Tony and he, he probably didn't bet Scunthorpe to win, I expect. That's probably why. Going <laughs> yeah. to keep replaying it until he gets the result he wants. Yeah. Yes, mental. It's, it's the FA. There's no joined up thinking. They turn up. And whichever way the wind's blowing. Dare, to... dare I say, is it profile of player that's um, made it, I don't oh, know, possibly. a different kind of case, possibly? Um. Yeah, I mean... Ian's, Ian's right. There's got to be consistency across the board. You can't have, you can't go making decisions ad hoc on a whim. You have to have a rule there, and that's it. And you enforce it regardless of of whoever it is breaking it. So now nah, it's just CFA being mental again. At risk mm -hmm. of stepping out of line as well, it may not only be to do with the the profile of the player, but perhaps the skin colour of the player, which I disagree with strongly. By the way. I must say that. 
but the fact that Ivan Tony is um, well, sorry, Harry Toffolo is a white football player and has got a suspended five-month ban for more breaches, uh, and then Ivan Tony has got a straight-up nine-month ban is stupid. If we not move beyond that, that's just mental, isn't it? If that has got it, anything to do pro- with it, that's so stupid. It's it's yeah. Sorry, eight-month ban. Anyway, yeah. Let's move on to more positive things. Rick, can I ask well, right, you a question? Oh, go a on, go on, go on I, I just want to ask Rick a question because he will know the answer to this, I think. Um, did you happen to see today that Anthony Taylor has apparently apologised for the offside goal against Arsenal? Uh, no, but if uh, if my, that happened against Man United, Man United would definitely get the benefit because they always get the benefit of every referee. Oh, hang on. No, they didn't, did they? Uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen it, but it was ridiculous. And um, yeah, wait, well, just... the the one that was dis what? So they saying that yeah, the freeze frames weren't correct now? Yeah. Mm. So Eric was right after the game, but it, it's like I said, my, my whole gripe with that whole situation is that is exactly the situation. If it happened to any other team, they would say if that was Man United, they get the benefit. Well, they didn't. So that shoots that argument out of the water anyway. But it's it's not surprising. Uh, it's another week, another apology, isn't it, as far as we've seen yeah. so far this season. Um, so I guess that doesn't <clears> surprise <throat> me. I think we also saw a situation over the week. Uh, was it last? Yeah, it would have been last weekend where the referee's watch didn't work for goal line technology and they used VAR to intervene. Yet when that happened in Project Restart, if you remember the first game back after COVID and it happened between Sheffield United and Villa, we were told that VAR can't intervene because it's a different system. So, yeah. There you go. You almost think they didn't know what they were doing. Really. I know. There Just you go. Incredible, yeah. isn't it? But Tom, you wanted some excitement, so let's kick off the uh, the Premier League weekend because it's Wolves Liverpool that kick off the Premier League weekend at Hoppers Twelve on Saturday. How do you see yeah. it? Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not sure. Because it could easily be a 2-3-4-0 to Liverpool, but I could also 100% see it being a 1-0 Wolves. Is that because of the early kickoff or just back from international break? Are those the the um, reasons in your mind or just potential banana skin written all over it type fixture? Bit of both. And from what I can see, Trent is injured. So we will have Joe Gomez at right back because we, for some reason, uh, inexplicably still refuse to sign a right back. Um, I can't imagine Klopp will chuck Connor Bradley in. Um, and with no Canate as well, it leaves our centre-back options as Matip. And is Van Dijk suspended still or is he back? He got, he got extended, didn't it? But it he got extended. Say, yeah. It got extended. So, by the way, that's ridiculous. A £100,000 fine and an extension of a ban for talking to a referee but you can shove referees and be fine so i don't know anyway um i think our other centre-back option is jarell kwanzaa who, who's made one appearance for liverpool um so i'm not saying, nervous that, about that, saying that saying that though tom we did have this discussion against villa who are obviously in better form and then you know it turned out that there was nothing to worry about at all even though this game is obviously away from home yeah i think the fact that it's away from home, the fact that it's a lunchtime kickoff, and you know what happens on a Wednesday now, Tom. I'm going to have to push you for a for a for a scoreline <laughs> prediction here. 
Um, oh, 3-1 Liverpool. Ian? Are you nervous like Tom is, or do you see this being a comfortable... Uh... Nah, not at all. Tom just sits on the fence a bit too much, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be 4-0 they went to Liverpool. Wolves are in trouble, let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. Let's not even worry about it. Famous last words there, so sorry if we do. Clip that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rick, <laughs> you're not... In. I know that you don't really like predicting on these types of fixtures, but like you've touched on, you are sort of predicting Wolves to kind of be in and around it at the wrong end come the end of the season. So will this be a little bit too much for them? It'll be a lot too much for them. I mean, I don't think Liverpool, I think Liverpool could play with three at the back and yeah. not be in any trouble. If Wolves, as much as they their season peaked against United in the first game of the season, even then they were toothless. Which, if you're a Wolf, is rubbish. <laughs> but, boom uh, boom they are slightly <laughs> difficult to beat sometimes they're never going to beat you exactly but they, they're they not that easy to. You know, they're not a pushover so I'm going for a 1-0 Wolves <laughs> of course he is predictable no so. but there you go we'll, we'll clip that up as well is that 1-0 to Wolves or are you just going for Liverpool to lose against whoever they're playing against 1-0 Yes. <laughs> yes. I can respect that. Opinion. And that's and that's Rick Hyatt asking that question as well. Exactly. The <laughs> yeah. voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's quite a few uh, three o'clocks. They might not necessarily be exciting fixtures on the eye, but um, AD will stick with you because it's uh, Aston Villa against Crystal Palace. You're an advocate for goals, goals, goals. Did you see goals, goals, goals there? Well, I've got... <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got... Um... What's his name? Ollie Watkins in my fantasy side, which is doing stunningly well in the league, from second from bottom. But hmm. um, he hasn't scored for a while, and I've got a feeling that this weekend might be the time when he does. Also, I'm keeping an eye on Crystal Palace because we've got to play Crystal Palace twice. When I say we, I mean the collective royal we, of course. And they've got to play at Old Trafford, first of all in the League Cup, and then on the Saturday in the uh, Premier League. So anything that sort of puts them down, I'm all for it. So I think Villa will win 2-0. Rick, I'll come to you because Villa need, need a bit of a response, don't they? They've had a bit of an up and down start to the season, really. So this will be one that they identify as home match. It's going to be tricky against the Roy Hodgson team, of course. But let's just try and do enough to, to get the free three points and move on yeah they bounce back after the freak result against the Saudis so they'll do the same thing this time I'm thinking I'm pretty confident Villa will, will have too much for Palace Ian do you agree with that uh, no I'll go for a draw go for a draw Palace Palace almost looked better without Wilfred Zaha you know they said right, that last season when he, when he was out injured yeah was, they, they flourished without him, so they've not really missed him, have they? Not really, no. And that um, Eze transfer saga seemed to have quieted down. Chelsea didn't end up going in for him, so decent little player. Two all day, Desmond. Desmond, goals, goals, goals. Desmond, goals, goals, goals. Tom Bailey, final thought on uh, Villa Palace? I'm going to say Villa edge it, but Palace will certainly be in it. I'm going to go like a 3-2 Villa or something. I, there's definitely going to be goals. Um, Palace has started well as well. 
But yeah, I think Villa will just have enough, especially because they're at home. Come on, Ollie Watkins. Need to have a look at the fantasy team. Make sure you check it, boys, as well for uh, the weekend. Having yeah, a don't week off. People, don't leave potential hat trick scorers on the bench. Don't do that. That would be stupid. <laughs> ah, fantasy football. <laughs> it messes with your mind, doesn't it, Rick Hyatt? Every week. Fantasy football. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Fulham Luton. Ian, do you want to take that one? Luton Town have obviously been. I don't want to say that they've been really struggling because they've only played, what, yeah. three matches since they've been in the Premier League so far. But still, going mm. to somewhere like Fulham, you still fear for them in that one, don't you? You do, you do. But it's also the type of fixture that they, they could sneak a win. You never know. I remember Rick saying that I um, need to make Kenilworth throw the fortress. So anything away from home is, an, is a positive for them, I guess. Yeah, I'd probably go for a one all day, I reckon. I reckon Luton could just about Ooh, get the first goal. First point and... on the board. Yeah, first point. And they play Burnley soon as well. Luton, that is, at Kenilworth yeah. Road. Yeah, it was rearranged, wasn't it, from the, yeah. um, from one of the first few weeks of the season. Uh, Tom, I'll throw it to you. Do you see Luton getting anything here? I think they could. I was going to say no, because the last time Fulham played Luton, which was in the Championship, uh, Fulham beat Luton 7-0. Um, but, obviously, a lot's changed since then. And Fulham are very, very inconsistent. So, they could either thump Luton 4-0, or Luton could easily sneak a win. I'm I'm going to say 1-0 Luton. Do you think Fulham are in a bit of trouble, Dave? No, I, I don't think they are. They're, they're one of those teams that I think like you touched on there with Palace, that they might lose a couple of players and like they have with, with Mitrovic. Obviously, they managed to keep Paulinho, but they just seem to they just seem to do enough. And I think their home form is pretty decent. So I think that will probably what um, will have, will give them too much against Luton, to be honest. I think that um, Fulham have still got some... I think Pereira's been fantastic since he's been in there. Willian as well. I think they've got players that um, we'll just have too much quality. But we'll see. Do you agree with that, Rick? Yeah, I think 1-0 Fulham. I think they're doing enough. They're, it's those games against the teams in and around them. Uh, Luton will have to wait another week for their first point. Do we have a full house, A.D. Hopper? Oh, no, it won't be a full house. You've, you've all said different things. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anyone agreeing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I think Fulham are going to win about 3-0, so there you go. <laughs> That's that sort Say of no thing. more. Yeah, do <laughs> Presumably, Aid, with that in mind, you, you see this being a long old slog for Luton in the whole campaign. Yeah. Sad, but yes, I do. But I mean, I was I was staggered that they, they beat Coventry, to be honest. So, you know, it's sort of... Um, it's, it's, it's a strange story, really. I must admit, I didn't... Uh, didn't expect that result in the first place, so that now they're there now, and you know they started a week late, which is always gonna. I wonder whether that's gonna not help the overall situation because that that putting off that game that that's that could have been a potential three points, but until they play it, they're never gonna know now. So they're always gonna be three points behind everybody else because of that one game. So um, yeah, I I, th I think uh, I think it's gonna be a long hard season for Luton personally. 
Well, we'll stick with you, Mr. H, because uh, next on the billing is Manchester United with a tough old game against Brighton at Old Trafford. Um, probably on paper, it's not a fixture that you would pick that you would want after the international break. Are you? Is it a game you're not necessarily looking forward to, but it's one of those where if you were to win it, then it would feel like it's a... It's a bigger win because Brighton are obviously a team very much on the up, up at the moment. Yeah, well, the, the trouble is at the moment we don't even know who's going to be playing because there's so many injuries around uh, at Old Trafford, uh, which is not going to help the situation. Um, having said that, uh, I think once bitten twice shy, I, I honestly can't believe that Eric Ten Hag won't... Uh, Look back to last season, remember the game, and think, well, we've got to do better than that. Because if it First comes... game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. One? It was only 1 yeah. 0, I think, if memory serves me. But nonetheless, it wasn't very pleasant. And then the 4 0 to Brentford the week ne the next week or whatever. So I, I think, uh, re regardless of who plays, uh, I think that United will scrape a win. Possibly only 1 0 or 2 1. But uh, yeah, I mean. Rashford seems to have had a good game for England. There seems to be beginning to brighten up a little bit for a start. If he's playing, of course, I, I think he's. I don't think he's one of the injured ones, but um, Martinez is still, I think. So, and of course, Brighton have got this uh, Evan Ferguson, who, uh, as you know, has connections to North Perrot, which we talked about last time we were on. So, uh, hopefully, he's not going to go and do it again and score a hat trick. So, we shall see. But I think, I think. United by the odd goal. Rick, is it a game that we'll finally see Hoyland uh, unleash from the start, or do you not think he will necessarily go that way, Ten Hag? I think after his uh, cameo from the bench last last time out against against the Ars, I think you've uh, you've got to really. He had a good midweek as well for for Denmark, so. He does look like he's uh, he's a bit of a, a bit of a player, and it'd be just good to see him having a go, go right from the beginning. And uh, Evan Ferguson will not score because I'm taking him off the bench of my fantasy team and putting him in the starting lineup. So he, he's not going to play, is he? He's bound not to because that's the way these things work. So yeah, I think. Well, they do they do rotate him, don't they, with well well back? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it so... wouldn't surprise me if well back plays. What with it being Old Trafford as well, so. Yeah, I'd be interesting to see who plays on the right wing for United. I've got a funny feeling that Pellistri might get a start, given the circumstances around everything else. So it's it's not going to be easy anyway. And like you say, it's not the game that you want after going into an international break under a cloud like they did. So uh, I, I think if that ends up all square, I'd take that right now. I see uh, they, they mentioned on... Uh internet, I was looking at something on Facebook, that, that um, Sancho, first of all, has removed the offending uh, tweet or whatever it was. That he had pinned initially, yeah, so that never yeah. stepped down for a start. So he has removed it, um, and secondly, um, a lot of them, there was a sort of vote thing there, you know, who do you think should play right wing, and uh, there was an awful lot of votes for Sancho, surprisingly. Because I, I wouldn't have thought they would have been too impressed with his attitude, but apparently not. So it'd be interesting to see who does play on the right. Rick, I'm not suggesting that Ten Hag's under pressure, but 
because of all the different stories that have been coming out of United over the last couple of weeks or so, mm-hmm. the Brighton to get a result at Old Trafford, that the, the the taste around Old Trafford at the moment would just it would be not quite right, would it? It's just not going to help a situation. They they really need to get something this weekend. Uh, I think Eric's not under any pressure at all, and it just stops more questioning. I guess is what I'm yeah. trying to say. But uh, without going down a familiar route that I'm boring myself with, we all know who's to blame, and it's it'll just increase the heat on on them, and they'll have to get more stewards to stand in front of protesting banners and get Sky to turn the sound noise down a little bit more. So it's uh, Eric's beyond reproach at the moment. So it'll just go. It just strengthens the case against against the Blazers. So they'll they'll be copying it again if anything does go wrong. It's their fault, not his. Tom Brighton, obviously a, a team in in good form. Do you uh, do you have any um, chance or hope for them? Um, presumably, you do for this weekend. I think you'd hate really it if they chance. won, wouldn't you? You'd hate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, damn, we, we'd Brighton be absolutely not. devastated. Wouldn't yeah. oh. <laughs> I think I think they've got a really good chance. Um, they looked great against Newcastle. They looked. Um, great against Wolves. They've got to and... take it though, Tom, haven't they? Because how many times have you been great situ- against Wolves? They got hammered by Wolves, unless my memory's completely gone. Fuck. I think it has. They won four one at Wolves. <laughs> it has gone. Which fuck, I think though. is is as far as as being thumped well, by Wolves. They, they lost to somebody, but recently, surely didn't oh, they? They lost at home to West Ham, where they did look off the boil. Oh, I was that's the one I'm thinking of. Then, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, United have looked really unsteady the first four games, though, and Brighton could very easily dismantle them. I'm going to say it's a 2-0 uh, Brighton, to be honest. Stupid boy, Pike. <laughs> Clip that up. Um... Kick me off to Glover's cast now, won't he? <laughs> yeah. Free transfer. Ian, what side of the table are you sitting with this? Or have, oh, you, got a, or have you got a nice, nice little score draw for us? Uh, just, just let's just even it out and go uh, one all. <laughs> there you go, one all. Who, what United fan doesn't doesn't love our draw? Just, just well, another, was... another small point. Just to chuck into. I see that uh, Christian Eriksen had was it four assists against uh, who he was playing? Denmark were playing. When they playing San Marino, are you really going to do yeah, this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, listen, mate. Four assists are four assists, whichever way you look at it. That's bad against uh, San Marino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should have got twelve. I will also add, Brighton haven't lost in three games, three league games against United, and the only time United have done that it was in the FA Cup where they won on penalties. So could you could you stop now, please, Tom? <laughs> Maybe I'll go three 0 Brighton. There we go. Go big. Stupid boy, Pike. Well, look, let's let's move it along then. Ian, we'll we'll throw yeah. it to you uh, to kick off this one because uh, Spurs are at home to Sheffield United. Obviously, Ange nope. Ball is uh, very much uh, on the ascendancy at the moment, and um, it's probably a game that if you were to pick a game to come back from International Week from. Sheffield United at home would probably up there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ange Ball's great. Ange is just brilliant. Spurs are loving life. 4-0 Spurs and a hat trick. There you go. Called it. 
someone someone is going to go a hat trick. Is, 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 is Richarlison going to score? Because apparently he's now seeking help from a psychologist to help with his goal drought. He was seen visibly in tears, having no. missed an absolute sitter for Brazil over the international break. Is Could, he somebody? Hit a barn thinking... door from ten paces. <laughs> I was thinking more of Madison, to be fair. I just really like watching James Madison play. Son is just completely revolutionised under Ange. I just love watching Ange ball. It's great. Brilliant. AD, I'll throw it to you because you've been pretty complimentary of Ange ball from what you've seen so far this season. Yeah. So presumably you can't see Sheffield United turning him over on Saturday. Not really, but uh, I mean, uh, there was a point on Sunday afternoon or whenever it was that I couldn't have seen um, Sheffield United getting back to level toes with Liverpool, which they did. All right, they lost it in the end, but um, what was it, Manchester City? Manchester City was. Oh, it? Man City, yeah, yeah, Manchester yeah. City. So, um, yeah, I can't really see them getting anything there at all. But you know, big win for Spurs then. Yeah. What about you, Rick? Uh, I, I think following Adrian's train of thought, I think that you can only say Spurs against Sheffield United will end up with a West Ham win. <laughs> yeah. Spurs are gonna, when, when are Spurs going to turn up and do proper Spurs things? This is really annoying. Is it not annoying you as well, Rick, that every time that we talk about Spurs and how well they're doing, they seem to have a really nice fixture the following yeah. week as well? Yeah. Yeah, but don't forget, they might have a nice fixture, but that means that soon, later on, they're going to have a dodgy fixture. Well, it does, but you know, I've, always, I've always sort of... How you believe in law of averages, Aid, I've always believed in momentum, and I think if the fixtures start in a way where you can get back-to-back wins and wins and wins, I think it kind of sees you through. I think they might... You know, I'm not saying they're going to finish in the top four, but... I think winning is a habit, a... David. As, winning as... is a habit, exactly. That's the cliche, exactly. I'm... The cliche, That's the cliche that I'm looking for. for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Madison is playing out of his skin and Spurs are really annoying and we'll have far too much for Sheffield United. Move on next, please. Thank you. Tom Bailey, I can finally say it. Full house? Yeah. There yeah. it is. I... Spurs have looked phenomenal. And I don't see anything other than I think a minimum of three goals. I wouldn't be surprised if Sheffield got one because uh, Cameron Archer looked quite good. But yeah, Spurs will very handily uh, handle Sheffield United. So this does mean it's official. This is the week where all the wheels fall off the Spurs wagon. <laughs> yeah. And a 1-0 to Sheffield United. 1-0 Sheffield United. <laughs> Absolutely. It is um, ironic though, isn't it? After all the the stuff we had about Harry Kane and, you know, dragged on and on and on. Off he goes eventually. And, and they've been, I would say, well, almost unbeatable since he went, not since he was there. But, you know. I know, I know it's not going to happen, but if Spurs were to win the Premier League and, and Bayern Munich were to finish third, it would just be, <laughs> it would be unbelievable <laughs> if that was to happen. But, uh, yeah, we watched that with with interest. Um, well, we've mentioned West Ham incorrectly there, so let's mention them correctly now because they are playing Manchester City, and that's that's a bit of a tasty one, Ian Welch. Yeah, it's a very good one that day. 
Very, very interesting. So a lot of three o'clocks, a lot of three o'clocks this weekend. Yeah. It is at the London Stadium. Oh, West Ham are good at the London Stadium. But we know Man City will scrape it 2 3 or something. We know why Man City play. We know that you can't give Haaland a sniff of anything. Is it, the, just is, it, is, it, is it that script of West Ham will play really yeah. well here and Man City will win the game? Yeah. And yeah, Man City, it won't be very convincing, but that's that's the sign of champions of that, but there I say it. Tom, do you Sorry, see Rick. it going the same way? Oh. Um, I'll go to Tom. Yeah, it'll be. I think it's going to be more convincing than, than Ian thinks. Simply because City are just absurd. Um, yeah, 2-0. West Ham will try. They'll give it a good go. But, um, yeah, I think City will have too much. And Stato coming out. Um, West Ham haven't beaten City in the league since 2014. Before they moved to London Stadium. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a City 2-0 win. And Harlem will score one. Rick, do you see uh, Mr. Moyes being able to uh, bring on the Moyes ball and get anything out of this? David Moyes, the European da- David Moyes. <laughs> David Moyes, yes. <laughs> I, I've never wanted West Ham to win a game more in my life, and uh, yeah, and, until I, they I, play I, Liverpool later in the year, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's a given. Yeah. But uh, I'd love to. I would really love to see. I'm turning into Kevin now. I would love it. If West Ham got something out of this, we I think still got to go to West Ham and get something. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to go there, and you're all saying that about a man like yeah. I definitely would love David Moyes and his uh, his claret and blue chaps to get something out of it. I think, and I think they're capable. They've got a system, and it suits playing against Man City, who will have the majority of the possession, and West Ham can. There's no one better on the break at the moment than West Ham. And yeah, I can I can see them getting something out of it. I really can. Because City haven't been that that convincing. They weren't great against Sheffield United, just effective. So surely, like Spurs continuing to win, it can't go on forever. So yes. A little I, a sneaky draw? Ne- or, or, or I just got a 1-0 to West Ham in my head. Oh, okay. Say it. Say it. Preach it, baby. Yeah, 1-0 to West Ham, and whoever has picked the games for Sky this weekend must feel like a complete burk, because if you've got this game, Spurs who are flying and Man City against, and United against Brighton, sorry, play all kicking off at three. They've missed out there, big time. But anyway, moving on. One AD, last point on that then. Do you agree with Rick that um, West Ham could cause a bit of an upset there? No, I don't. It hurts me to say it, but I don't. Um, I think um, I think the freak will get at least two goals again, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that which just, is good good for everyone's fantasy team. So there's some comfort well, that's, there. Yeah, right? there is, I suppose. But <laughs> I think uh, no, I, I can't see it. I hate I hate having to keep saying these results, but I, I hate it. But I still think Manchester City will beat them. Well, we'll stick with you, Aid, because the five thirty billing is uh, Newcastle at home to Brentford, and it, you know, there could be goals in that one. But Newcastle being at home, would you probably have to lean towards the Geordie boys? You would, um, but Thomas Frank's not a mug, and um, 
I know, obviously, they, they haven't, Brentford haven't scored quite as many goals, I don't think, as they normally do without, uh, without, um... Mr. Tony? Yeah, but, uh, I can, I can see a draw there, because, I, I mean, if you look at Newcastle's record lately, it's pretty poor, in actual mm. fact. I mean, they had the, the, that sensitating victory against, it was in Villa? Yeah. Um... But I mean, correct. They haven't. Uh, they haven't done much else, have they? No, so, it's been, uh, <laughs> been tough for them so far this season. So, but uh, so yeah. No, I think I think uh, I think Eddie Eddie might have another troubled weekend. Shall we put it that way? How do you see it, Tom? I think it's going to be a Newcastle win. It'll be close, but I think I could see a two-nil, two-one to Newcastle they've had a ming in start to the year with their fixtures I mean they've played um, well the Villa game they looked ridiculous Villa also looked pretty rubbish though uh, they've then had City away uh, they got well they played Liverpool um, and they looked a bit iffy against Brighton they've, then they've got this and they then it's have a tough AC old Milan. start fixture wise it's as well, really yeah. hard yeah Brentford again and then they've got AC Milan on Tuesday a week later at some point they've got City again they've got PSG as well before um, but well sorry the start of October but anyway yeah I think Newcastle will recover and get a 2-0 against Brentford who are really good but Brentford are one of the most that could be a 2-2 game team I've ever seen any like you could put them against Luton, you could put them against City as yeah two two, and that could seem <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, I think they're good, but they won't have enough, and it'll be a two 0 Newcastle. Do you agree, Ian Welch? Uh, not too sure. I wonder if the wheels are coming off a bit for Eddie Howe. I'm not too sure about it. I don't know. We it's going to be a test because those fixtures that Tom said are quite tough, and we don't know how resolute the owners are. So, yeah, I'm going to go Brentford for 2-1. There'll be lots of noise coming from the gods of Newcastle. And it is the gods, let's be honest. Yeah, Rick, are you anticipating a uh, stodgy weekend for uh, Mr Howe? Isn't it amazing, though, that I, I think it can be stodgy in the sense that Newcastle are very fortunate to be playing on Saudi Arabia's home pitch. <laughs> what are the chances of that happening, eh? Jeez. There was hardly any fans in the stadium, was there either? I think it was like empty from what I saw. But it was well worth doing, and it had—it was just coincidental that it should be Saudi Arabia. Who'd have thought? What are the chances of that? Um, this is a pantomime fixture again. This is good versus evil. This is two-one Brentford. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's that's all I'll ask for you on that one because we don't have long left. But we, there is a couple of games on the Sunday. There's one on Monday as well. But uh, Bournemouth-Chelsea is the two o'clock fixture on Sunday afternoon. So, Rick, I'll stick with you as you've still got your mic on. As do you see Chelsea finally getting some sensible football down on the coast? Or oh, I do hope not. Bournemouth have got a chance here. I think, I think Bournemouth have got a, a really good chance. Chelsea are a shambles. And after... The, I said that last week's result, oh, the, the last league game they played was the, potentially the funniest result of the season. This could be even funnier. I, I think Bournemouth have got got a real chance in this. It'll probably be Peter out into an uninteresting draw, but uh, Chelsea won't win and Modric will be rubbish. 
those are my two predictions for this match. I don't think you'll get much cash back if you uh, type that into a betting a spirit, app so. this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed on. Yeah. All I, all I need is for Adrian to predict that Chelsea are going to win 5-0, and it's a guarantee. Well, let's ask him. AP? I think Chelsea are going to win 5-0. <laughs> <Yay! laughs> no, I don't. I'm, only t- I'm lying. Um, I, I could just see a boring sort of 1-1 one, one, one draw, really. Neither team inspire me particularly. Do you see the same, Ian Welch? You like a 1-1 one, one draw? <laughs> Seems like it, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Unintentionally. Nah, Chelsea will click. Chelsea are going to click. You can't spend that much money on for them just to have a whole team of individuals. 3-0 Chelsea. Oh, no, no, no. he's gone. He has gone big. Tom, do you see They don't Chelsea? call it Super Sunday for nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over, um, Chelsea just going to get it right, even if it's stodgy and they stutter and splutter, but just about get enough to, to do enough to get the three points? Uh, No. Bournemouth 1-0. I don't really have much else to say. I mean, Chelsea will just, they'll huff and they'll puff. and then they'll, See, this uh, is a hard-hitting prediction show. Yeah. You don't <laughs> get your, your routine win. You get your maverick but results in who, there. Who doesn't enjoy Chelsea losing? It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. It's so lovely. Yeah, Bournemouth 1-0, Solanke to score. And, um, oh, yes, as well. Yeah, I think a, I think shout. Dazassi's been really, really good so far, so I see him falling over at some point. That's and it will, it will be a there. Do you know what? Him. The only time What's... I used to enjoy watching Chelsea was back in the days when they had the shed down there. And I used to go and watch them when Jimmy Greaves was playing and Peter Braybrook and Peter Bernessi, all names that most of you youngsters would never even heard of. Uh, and I used to like watching Chelsea in those days, but... I've gone right off them now. Well, they haven't got any names you can pronounce anymore, Adrian. No, so that's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. They almost, I think they belong to the same sort of uh, band of people that, that name horses. Because some of the names for horses that go around that I have to somehow get my head around are absolutely horrendous. Move well, on. Before we go, before we go dangerously off topic, we have a couple of minutes to get a couple of games in. So, um, Rick, Everton against Arsenal. Sean Dyche got his, well, I think it was his first game in charge of Everton and he yeah, managed to get yeah. a result against Everton last time. It yeah. is that kind of game that screams where Arsenal would slip up, but I still don't see too much out, out of this Everton side. How, do you, how are you seeing that one? Unfortunately, I agree. I would really love a repeat of that first game. That would be fantastic. But, but Everton... if, they, if they were to win... They would win like that. That would be a coupon buster. <laughs> it really would be. Because I don't think anyone can see Everton getting anything anything out of that. Apart from Ian, who will predict a one-all draw, of course. <laughs> <laughs> apart from that. Uh, no, I, as much as I would love to uh, see World Cup winners Arsenal come a cropper in this one, I don't think they will. I think they're, you know, they're going to win by a couple of clear goals. Easy peasy. Ian, do you want to counter that? No, not at all. 3-0 Arsenal. Oh, I know. Kept steady on, Rick. He's only saying that because Rick's predicted it already, hasn't he? Rick nearly fell over on his chair then. James <laughs> can see it. <laughs> you never cease to amaze me, my man. Oh, I know. <laughs> Box of tricks. 
Tom Bailey. 4 0 Arsenal. Oh. <laughs> Any advances on four, Aidy Hopper? No. Can I can I can I get a five? Can I get a five? Sooner or later, Sean Dyche has got to get it right. Uh, one nil to Everton. And you think it's going to come against Mikel Arteta's Arsenal? Oh, I'd love it to. Oh, I see. I see what you've done there. Manifesting. One thing I can guarantee about this game, though, during the course of the entire match, neither manager's hair will move. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel, Rick. That is cruel. And and an, on a no more than I'm five, not wrong. And on no more than five occasions, will one of the commentators say, "And Everton won't want to be playing Championship football in their new stadium next season." Exactly. <laughs> um, Monday night then to round everything off for the three-day weekend, as it were, from Premier League football uh, this weekend, and it's Nottingham Forest Burnley and. Tom, I'll stick with you because we touched on the other day the fact that Burnley won at Forest in the Cup. Can they go and win there in the league? No. Um, I think. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) I think think this would be a comfortable 2-0 Forest win. They have been very good um, and Burnley have not yet clicked. They've got a lot of players injured out as well that they would be liking uh, back in the side. Uh, so I am going to say, yeah, 2-0 Forest. And I'd like to... I'm going to say as well that Avenue will score. I think that's a pretty good shout based on what, what we've seen so far. Do you see um, Vincent's company... Easy for me to say. Vincent Company's boys taking anything. Ian Welch. Um, no, just the team bus home. That's all they'll be taking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, very, very... I mean, what a fix it's having on a Monday night. Well, I don't even know if I see a goal, David, to be honest. Oh. And I mean... Are you going to end this whole thing with nil-nil? Nil-nil draw. I've gone full circle, but yeah, draw. I'd do. I mean, I have to kind of agree. I wouldn't be too surprised if it did finish no. nil-nil, to be perfectly honest. Rick Hyatt, can you uh, see some positives with at least one goal somewhere? Yeah, and it will go to Forrest and Anthony Langer will be involved in it. I forgot he was there. Nah, see, he changed his opinion now. It's going to be a thriller. <laughs> go on, AD, last game. How do you see it? Um, Tricky. I can't really see beyond Forrest winning, though, so Forrest 1-0. Forrest 1-0. Well, there you go. That's the preview show done and dusted for another week so it just gives me a chance to say gentlemen thank you very much we'll start with you tom bailey and uh, we'll hear you on the airways on saturday afternoon thank you very much same with you mr rick hyatt thank you always a pleasure hanny and welch that you can hear his dulcet tones over the mic within the walls of hewish park on saturday ian thank you Pleasure, Dave. Hear me, hear me actually all the way down to Asda if you're lucky. <laughs> um, will you get all the? Will we get any of the goal scorers right on Saturday? Ian? I have no idea. Or substitutions. I have no Dumbled idea. Score. Just someone score an actual worldie and just let give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hopefully be on the mic a few times because there'll be a number yeah, of the oval I'd goals. Say so. 
at the weekend. So, uh, AD, sign us off, my friend. Well, do you know what? I don't know if any of you saw it, but there was a, a documentary that it's been on before, but uh, on Sir, Sir Alec Ferguson, and he absolutely he did it in style. He uttered the words "football, bloody hell," and the tears began to well in my eyes. Good night, everybody.